you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest, a veteran in the game. Been doing it, you know, this isn't his... uh you by all the gray in my beard, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 18 years in the game. Actually, family-owned business with Memphis Invest, which is awesome. It's right when I found that out, I was like, wow, like what a shocking statement right there, just because they're so big nationwide to get your turnkey rentals. And and it, it just shows like a little bit of the magnification of what this guy has done here. Some other stats that I saw was that at just 23 years old, you actually build up a a grocery store manufacturer or distribution center up to 80 million. Yeah, 23, we built it to 80 million. By the time I was 27, it was 800 million. By the time I was 30, we were doing 1.8 billion. Oh my God. Like just thinking about that, I have no idea even how to comprehend that of the systems in place and just the mindset to be able to think bigger, right? Which yeah. is, is so much right there. But you actually have another stat that I was pretty shocked by was your education platform. You have over 55,000 students. Correct. This is worldwide. That's obviously, you know, leaving a pretty damn big impact on each person's family and, and just you know, the the compound that that does is pretty magnificent. So overall, you have over 100 units in your portfolio, rental properties, and then you have, you guys manage, you and your family manage about 5,400 properties in about- Actually a little over 7,500 now. 7,500 in what, like seven states or so? It's uh, nine markets now. I think getting ready to be 10. So yeah, we've had to update our name. We can't call ourselves Memphis Invest anymore. So now we call ourselves REI Nation because it just continues to grow. I love it. So anybody out there that doesn't know a little bit about your background or, or who you are, do you mind just diving in a, a little bit more on who you are, where you come from and how the hell you got here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm based here in San Diego. As you said, been doing this for a long time. I've been in the real estate game, probably known most for teaching, as you pointed out, tens of thousands of people how to go and wholesale properties, very specifically using a strategy that I've developed a long time ago called reverse wholesaling, which is very, very straightforward where we basically start with the end in mind, go out and most people don't realize that over 30% of the transactions being done in real estate today are being done by real estate investors who are paying all cash, which is a startling statistic because when you just kind of extrapolate that, understand the math a little bit, that's basically about 170,000 transactions a month. Um, Somewhere in the country, somebody is writing a check for a property. And so when you take that information and understand pretty quickly that that those cash buyers have a voracious appetite, you know, and they come in all shapes and sizes, you have institutional buyers all the way down to moms and pops that are trying to buy rentals you quickly understand that there's a massive, massive opportunity if you're good at just a few things. One, nurturing relationships with people and being able to effectively understand what they're looking for. And then two, 
on the flip side of it, taking those same skill sets and they're using different marketing channels, creating opportunities, go out there and create deals where, you know, some were never, you know, people didn't realize deals could be had. Going off and marketing to people that are in some level of distress, which comes in all shapes and sizes, but, you know, never takes a day off, whether that is divorce, foreclosure, bankruptcy, loss of job, loss of income, you know, you name it. There's just so many ways people get kind of behind the eight ball and being able to effectively get those properties under contract, help somebody out of a situation and quickly flip your interest in those contracts to those cash buyers that are just waiting. That has all the makings of a real business. And so I'm really proud, as you kind of pointed out, that we've helped tens of thousands of people over the years to kind of get into this and not only build an income, but build a business, build a life, build a lifestyle. While we're doing that, you know, we're kind of a product of our own teachings. We have, you know, a business that still flips 800 properties a year and you know, almost 10 markets and manages 7,500 properties. And so we've got a lot going on, but we're so, also- So you're telling me you're not just a guru out there just teaching it, right? You're actually doing it as well. You got it. We're very proud of our family business there that, that does a lot of, a lot of deals, a lot of deals every, every single day. Love it. So, you know, you mentioned nurturing people, right? Like nurturing people at first. How are you getting to that point originally? Like I'm sure over the 18 years, you guys have done all the different channels of getting your leads to come in. But what is the specific lead generation that, you know, stands out to you that brings in the most income? The two biggest places where you can create an enormous amount of lead flows, certainly through referrals, when you, you'd be surprised that when you understand exactly what your buyers want and you understand exactly how much money they have to spend on the properties. So if I've got a buyer that's telling me they want to buy five properties from me in the next 30 days, all cash up to $500,000, well, clearly they have two and a half million dollars to spend. And if I've got 10 of those buyers in my back pocket, well, clearly I have $25 million that I need to spend in the next 30 days. You'd be shocked at how much attention you can get when you go to your referral network, other wholesalers, other investors, and other agents, and let them know very loud and proud that I have $25 million burning a hole in my pocket right now. And this is exactly what I want in the exact neighborhoods I want it to be in at this exact price. You know, detail, detail, detail. You can get a referral network to bring you an enormous amount of product. I mean, if you think about it, the biggest financial institutions in the world that are all operating inside of the real estate space now, either through directly as a hedge fund or by ultimately being the financing of some of the biggest hedge funds and buyers out there, they don't have inventory problems. I mean, clearly they would like to buy more than they're buying. Who doesn't? But at the end of the day, when you look up and these, these companies are buying hundreds, if not thousands of properties every single month, what are they doing that a lot of people aren't? Well, they're selling the money. Um, they're playing into people's greed. They understand clearly that there's not an investor in the market or an agent in the market that would not love to get a phone call saying, I have $25 million to spend in the next 30 days. Help me. Yeah. And so they play into that emotion very, very well. And there's nothing that prevents any of us from doing the exact same thing. It starts with understanding what our buyers want and how much they have to spend. But once you have that information, that is an extremely powerful tool to create off-market opportunities. Equally, through direct seller channels, direct mail still is the by far, not even close, the best lead source out there. Generates more deals than probably anything else in the market today as well as a lot of the other new technologies, PPC and, or I shouldn't say new technology, but technology platforms, whether that be PPC 
or text marketing are both extremely powerful. And last but not least, cold calling, you know, it is the brutal way to do it, but it is still very, very effective. Yeah, I mean, that's what all the bigger hedge funds that are, are really doing, the agents, they're reaching out and doing the cold calling to see, Correct. you know, try to get those deals coming in. And it really depends market wise, because each market's different. There's going to be certain areas that have, you know, PPC or direct mail that can be more lucrative than others. But 100%. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of funny how in certain, I guess just how time evolves, there are certain cycles that come in when everybody's doing direct mail marketing or everybody's doing... Well, here, uh, well here's the big difference. Here's the big difference. If I lined up a hundred people in the room that were doing direct mail or a hundred people that were doing PPC or texting or any kind of direct marketing, 95 of them would be doing it poorly. Sure. Always. And, that, and that's the difference, right? So most people do not look at marketing as anything but a, let me just sling it up against the wall and see what sticks. That's yeah. their idea of marketing, right? Versus that in the past. <laughs> yeah, versus a very, very intentional KPI driven, hold on, let me just make sure this is alternative, KPI driven marketing campaign, key performance indicators where you clearly understand the math. And so you're playing the long game. You know, the key to being really good at marketing is being able to pay more for your customer than your competitor. And in order to pay more for your customer, you have to understand the customer's value. You literally have to understand exactly what the lifetime value of a customer is, exact how, how many touch points it's going to take, everything up and down the scale. You have to understand that. And 95 out of 100 don't. So when you see the people that are elite at the game, they, they want to go much deeper into the process and spend much more money over the long haul to acquire the customer because they know in the end, they will outspend you and just run you into the ground. They know you'll give up. You know, if you go toe to toe with a guy like me in a market, I'll just outspend you because I understand the math so well. I mean, I will just keep going deeper into the customer because I know exactly what the lifetime value of that customer is. I know exactly how many transactions over a five-year period I can expect to do with them. I know what the revenue on each one of those transactions will projected to be. I'm willing to go deeper where most people say, well, I spent $2,000 on direct mail and I, I didn't do a single deal. So this must not work. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually guilty of this. And I, I truly believe it's probably, it is the, the main reason why I haven't scaled my real estate business as fast as I could have is because the lacking in KPIs. Well, not, and, and, and the key is, is, you know, we find psychologically as people that are in business, New entrepreneurs, because they don't understand the math, because they don't understand the process, because they don't have the foundational learning in place, what they don't understand that they're doing to themselves is setting themselves up for failure, right? And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I spent $2,000 on marketing. I didn't do a deal. This must not work. Yeah. Or it must be too competitive. Or I must be in the wrong market. Or any of the other must of must of must of. When the reality of it is, is that if you're well-prepared, well-coached, and well-educated, you come into a market and you understand that, look, you can't expect to do a deal for anything less than $3,000 in marketing. You know, the average deal is going to take 45 days. And, you know, average direct mail campaign, you're going to get your best responses between the fifth and sixth touch. You know, that only one out of 25 people that you talk to are going to be willing to sell their house to you on that first phone call. The other 24 is going to require an average of 13 months in follow-up. If you don't understand all that, then this can be a pretty brutal business. But if you get all that knowledge and you're well-prepared and you understand what's going on, 
and you're not willing to give up on your dream, then you play for the long haul, then I can guarantee you it is not a matter of if you will uh, win. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Yeah. And those numbers, for example, like those are, you know, $3,000 in marketing, bare minimum. That's if you are staying consistent. If you're messing up anything with without the right guidance or education, then yeah, of course, it could look yeah. more closer to five or 10000 right? I mean, it'd be the equivalent of me spending, you know, $3,000 to go get my pilot's license. And after I take, you know, four, four lessons uh, of 40, me thinking, well, you know what, this, I don't really see the value in this yet. So I'm out of this. And so yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's, you know, if you go into a situation and know, hey, I'm going to have to take 40 lessons, I'm going to have to take a thousand hours, I'm going to have to do X, sure. Y, or Z, the expectation's just clearly been set. And so you, yeah. you, you understand what's in it for you to keep moving. Most people that come into this business, it's not unique to our business, it's unique to most businesses. They just kind of approach this with that kind of lottery winner mentality. I think I'm going to scratch off the ticket and suddenly I'm going to be, I'm going to be a millionaire. And that is not the way business works. So good. So Ken, I wanted to talk about some learning curves for a second before we dive into getting a little bit more creative strategies of what you think about the future with the market and everything that we're in. But as far as learning curves, like you starting over today, what or maybe even teaching your kids or, or somebody that wants to actually follow the same footsteps as you potentially, what would you have either recommended or wish that you would have done differently? Well, I don't know that I would phrase it as differently. I, I think that today's time, as in just about <clears throat> every area of our life, technology has changed the game and it's changed the game dramatically, right? So the learning curve to get involved in this, you know, in real estate investing, and I, I don't even know that I would call wholesaling in particular real estate investing, but it's a way in the door, right? Getting in this game right now and being successful has never been easier than it is right now. You know, when I started in this business, there was no real, you know, I, I took a course, but it wasn't a course that I would, knowing what I know now versus what I knew then, I would never recommend it. I took a course, you know, I was desperate. I was hungry. I was beat up. I was beat down. I'd lost a big business. I was, you know, was kind of a, a shell of myself. I didn't have a lot of confidence at the time. And so I was in the perfect headspace to make something happen, even with, mediocre information, I was willing to do the work and do what was necessary to make it happen. Today, you know, you can be well below average and you have access to amazing information out there, right? You know, for instance, we've poured millions of dollars just into our wholesaling course, millions of dollars. I mean, who does that, right? And millions of dollars into our software. So you've got guys like me and they're scattered all over the country who've invested so much into bringing the industry forward. So you can get college level education for pennies on the dollar. You can get access to systems that do all of the heavy lifting for you. When I got in the business, there was no way of understanding who all of the cash buyers were in a market or who all the motivated sellers. I mean, none of that stuff exists. I mean, I know because we invented most of it, you know, where now you can log in right from your phone, your laptop, your whatever you want to do. And instantly in any market, by the way, know exactly who all of the best cash buyers are, exactly what they're paying, what's their name, what's their email, what's their phone number, who's in foreclosure, got a property that they own free and clear, expired listings, tax defaults, divorce, bankrupt, all of this information has now been cleaned up and is now presented to people in a way that makes connecting the dots easier than it's ever been. So knowing where we are in this place and time 
It's always fascinating to me how people complain about how tough this business is. This business has never been easier than right now. You literally can, can get all your leads, all your marketing, and all your education for probably less than $500 and spend a few bucks actually applying the information, right? Get the marketing out the door, yeah. follow scripts, follow us. It's just so done for you at this point. If you have even an ounce of drive and ambition, this is an amazing time to be, be in. The, so what would I do? That's exactly what I would do. I would go as fast as I possibly could. I would make strategic investments in the, these technology platforms that make things easier for me and get the results faster. I love it. That's so good. So when we met at Cole's house about a month or so ago, you were doing a presentation and you were talking about, you know, the like COVID, where we're at right now and where the housing market looks like it's going to be in the near future, right? And interest rates being as low as possible. And then just creative strategies of what investors should really start looking towards more coming up. Right. You know? And a lot of that was, you know, seller financing or, or owner carry back. But, you know, would you like to kind of just explain a little bit more in detail about that stuff? Uh, a lot of it was very capturing and I know the audience would really benefit from a lot of that. Sure. So I'm going to guess that, you know, a lot of people that are watching this maybe have never been through this cycle, but, but let me, you know, yeah. let me kind of give everybody the, the cliff notes about what is going to happen because it will 100% happen, right? Real estate cycles have run you know, since the beginning of America, and they've, they've tracked them, certainly for the last 100 years, the cycles run from anywhere to about 12 to 14 years, you know, peak to valley, peak to valley. And we are about a year over right now, right? So I don't, we're basically about year 15. So it is not a matter of if this is coming, it is just a matter of when, and it's going to come, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, what that means is that at some point, the real estate market is going to correct at some level, and that will happen through a function of interest rates moving up, could be a variety of things. But, white, but right now, the market is white hot in a lot of different places, right? Who would have thought this time last year that that would be the case, but that's exactly where we are. It's because of a interest rates being low and a shortage in housing inventory being where it is. My biggest, you know, the cautionary tell here to everybody that's watching that is in real estate, let me just help you understand, you're nowhere near as good as you think you are. Anybody anybody could be good in this market. And so if you're crushing it, you know, just check, get, get a really good reality check that you're probably not crushing it because you're that great. You're probably crushing it because the market is really hot and get yourself prepared to where you can be crushing it when the market corrects. Cause it is going to happen at some point. I don't have a crystal ball and I can't tell you when I can just tell you statistically, you know, when you should anticipate it. With that being said, there are some really cool things that are happening in the market that I think everybody should definitely take note of. And one of them that nobody is talking about is the simple fact that while Fannie Mae is predicting that the market will stay flat, if not go up just a little bit this year, 1%, the housing market, they are going to originate $1.4 trillion less this year in loans than they did in 2020. So in 2020, they did $4.1 trillion 
in origination. This year, it's going to be 2.7. So $1.4 trillion is getting yanked out of the market. And anybody that's that is- a staggering gone, difference right there. That's, that's a, a shocking, a shocking yeah. number, right? So they're effectively going to do almost 30% less yeah. this year. And so, you know, Kent, what does that mean? Well, a couple of things. They're doing that right now as we speak. If you watch Fannie at all, you see that investor loans, they're yanking back hard on the reins right there. They don't want to do those. If you see that any loans for self-employed entrepreneurs, they're yanking back hard on that, making it extremely extremely challenging to get those loans. So it isn't like they're making some big announcement. They're making an announcement behind the scenes, but they're not going to make a public facing announcement saying, hey, we're going to yank 1.4 trillion. This was released in their annual report in December. What they are going to do is just going to make it really, really challenging for people to get loans. And by virtue of doing that, they're deterring the loans, which means they will originate $1.4 trillion less. So again, why does that matter? Well, because if the market is going to stay here, but the lending is going to go like this, you have this huge yield in between that represents a massive opportunity. And the opportunity will come in ways of getting very creative on acquisition strategies and very creative on sales strategies. In particular, seller participation when you're acquiring properties. So if you're, again, guys like us, and potentially you were going to go use a bank to acquire a property, you cannot do that now. But what you can do is get yourself educated on how to put together deals where the seller participates, where the seller's providing financing for you and understand exactly how those deals are structured, exactly what the vocabulary is that's used, exactly how the negotiations are done. I was just with a really good friend of mine a few days ago who was trying to buy a $3 million property, came into my office right here and was talking to me about it. He had 300 to 600 grand to put down on it, but getting the bank financing was gonna prove next to impossible. And so, you know, I worked with him on the strategy to go directly to the seller and have, you know, he'd never even heard of it, never even thought of it. Sure enough, just signed a deal where he's putting 300 grand down and the seller is doing a $2.7 million loan for him at 5% interest. 30-year AM with a 10-year balloon. Great financing terms, right? Yeah. Never had to walk into a bank and got the yeah. whole deal done. This happens every, every day. It is shocking. When you understand how to acquire properties like that, you will be a big, big winner because imagine walking into a deal and saying, I'll pay you exactly what you want for this deal, yeah. but it's going to be on my terms. Sure. And I'm going to put X amount of dollars down. I'm going to pay out the rest over X... Uh, period at X rate. And those deals are when you can come in and your competitors don't know how to do that, but you do, you win. Yeah. And equally on the other side of that, you can acquire properties and sell properties with seller financing where your buyers cannot get financed because of the same problem with Fannie. That is just how you get extremely wealthy. When you can put a deal in place where you have acquired it, and I'm just going to use very round numbers, right? This could happen anywhere in the United States. But when you acquire a property for $50,000, and let me just back up and say this. The example I'm going to give you, we're literally doing this 30, 40, 50 times a month. So before anybody says, yeah, my market's different, let me help you. Your market's (laughs) not different, right? This is happening right now. I did a uh, live event, had a handful of people in a room, teaching them this strategy and everybody in the room walked in with that general attitude that I know this, my market's different until we pulled up deals in their market and actually did a deep dive and showed them where, Oh my God, 
it's 100% possible. So, yeah. you know, I caution you on, on approaching the business that way because that's how you get left behind. But, you know, we can acquire a property, let's just call it for $50,000 and go in and maybe I acquire it on terms, however I do it. Let's, let's just say I paid cash, right? So I acquired for $50,000 and then I turn around and without touching the property, by the way, go and put it out on the MLS with terms at $99,000 as is seller financing, I can charge a premium because I'm providing the financing, right? It would probably normally sell on the market for probably 80, 85,000. I'm charging 99 because I'm the bank. Yeah. My buyer comes in, has you know, put 10% down, let's just call it 10 grand. So now I'm really into the deal for 40, call it 45 after closing cost. So I'm in a deal at 45, I'm charging depending on the borrower, let's just call it 9% interest, right? Up to 9% interest depend, to, to remain Dodd-Frank compliant. I'm in it at 45. I'm financing 90 at 9% interest. So it's not only my 45, but it's also the spread on the other 45, yeah. right? So now that's an 18% return I've just created. And oh, by the way, it's for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Oh, by the way, all of the risk in those deals gets shifted to the borrower. You know, typically I would take that deal down and I would turn them into a, a rental property, right? Sure. Yeah. But, you know, the payment on that deal is $774 a month. I might be able to rent it for $750. The, the headaches with renting and, and so forth. I have the taxes, I have the insurance, I have the maintenance, I get the calls. I do, you know, who, none of that happens now? Yeah. This guy. Yeah. They're the buyer. They own the property. They get all the risk. We just become the bank. There's a reason why the banks are the you know, most profitable organizations in the world because they just they figured out exactly what I'm sharing right now a long time ago. Oh, yeah. No, of course. And that, I think that's the power behind it. Really start thinking outside the box of what the banks start thinking as if you were the bank, right? And figuring out the same exact strategies and the plays that they're doing to create their money, right? We can do the same exact stuff. So, I want to know your feedback here or your opinion on basically the statistics of for the buyer side, because a lot of buyers, I forget what the numbers are, but a lot of buyers don't actually follow through with these arrangements in some cases, right? Sometimes they fall out and you get the property back and then you can repeat this process, right? Correct. Um, That's it. You're the bank. What happens if you don't pay your mortgage right now? Yeah. Same thing. Anything happens in this scenario. If you don't pay their mortgage, they're going to foreclose, they're going to come get the property, and then they're going to go sell it. Yeah. Or they're going to do the exact same thing. This is no different. If your borrower, buyer, does not, and it's not a buyer, you know, your buyer now turns into the borrower, right? So they were a buyer, now they're your borrower. I would argue you own a much better asset than the actual physical property for a variety of reasons. If you get the property back, then that's great. Now go create the asset all over again, being the note. Is there a reason though, why you think that the foreclosure rate on with this type of scenario is a little bit higher than I guess the regular type of mortgages or traditional type of never, I've actually never seen any data that supports that quite frankly. And I've been doing it a long time. I've never seen any, I mean, it could be a misconception. I've never seen any data that suggests that the foreclosure process or, or, or these properties, these notes that go into foreclosure is significantly higher than what would happen in a normal process. Keep in mind, you still have to work with an RMLO. So somebody still, you're working with a third-party processor and a third-party servicer. 
And so that third-party processor is making sure that you're completely Dodd-Frank compliant. They are underwriting the loan. You cannot go and write a mortgage to somebody who cannot afford to pay, right? You cannot be predatory. So third-party organizations take you through that process, take the bar through that process to clearly make sure that they are qualified. And if indeed they are qualified and they are somebody that can afford to pay the mortgage, then we get the approval and we put them in the home. If not, then we don't. And it's the same process that a bank goes through. So, I mean, prior to Dodd-Frank, that might have been the case. But I think since Dodd-Frank, that's probably not the case. Yeah, that's good. So when it comes down to the processes or the legal terms, right, the the contracts in place, are you using a fresh lawyer every time or you just have a a template that kind of plug and play for each scenario? No, we have our, no, we have our standardized contracts for sure. I mean, we run it like a business. So the process is that we are going in. And we're sending our acquisitions team in to effectively, all they're there to do is if they cannot buy the property for cash, they are there to put an option agreement in place. And all that's doing is basically tying up the property for 14 days to give us the opportunity, the breathing room to figure out exactly what is the best scenario for where we can make an offer with seller participation. That way there's no pressure to try to do that right there at the desk or at the kitchen table, I should say. And so... With that breathing room, we get our offer prepared correctly, exactly what we want. We talk to the seller and if we get a deal put together, we fire over the paperwork. All Then the, the process begins where we start, once that's signed, we start handing off. And that's on the seller side. That's when we're acquiring the property, right? The same thing on the other side. When the buyer's coming in, they want to purchase, they, they sign the contract, they put their money in escrow, and we in turn make the introduction to the RMLO. They're going to go through, fill out their applications, do all that kind of good stuff. And all that entire process gets going, pushed over to title. Again, no different if they were borrowing money from a bank. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned price versus terms. This is something that I feel like not enough people actually acknowledge and, and they leave too many deals off the table. You know, if the price doesn't work out and and you got your seller over the phone saying, no, I want this amount, which is overpriced. And they just have no concept of what is truly valued at, then a lot of people just walk away from the deal, right? Instead of getting the creative side of thinking like a bank and offering them that amount, right? Yeah, here, I mean, I think it's bigger than that. I would argue that 99% of the population, and I've been very guilty of this in the past, Mm -hmm. have no idea of, you know, how basic economics work. Um, they don't understand the way money really works. They don't under, you know, a great video to go work, to go watch on YouTube is Ray Dalio, uh, how the machine works. Yeah. Kind of explains the economy, right? If you don't understand the basics, um, then you all, you are destined to always be a consumer and you will never be the entrepreneur. You'll never be the investor because you're just a victim. You're just a part of the mechanism. You don't understand how to put yourself in a position to really do it. I think you got to have the basics of understanding really the way money works, the way the wealthy think about money. And I'm not talking at a conceptual level. I'm talking about like you truly understand. You know, when you tell somebody today, like I'll make a comment, I guarantee you that people, when I say it, it'll go over the heads of a lot of people. I don't mean that derogatory. I just, I just know it to be true is that your money right now is the most valuable it will ever be today. Oh, yeah. Because your dollar is going down in value every single day moving forward. And if you don't believe that, just think for a moment. You know, imagine if you were walking into, you know, Walmart or Target or whatever five years ago, and I told you to go fill up the cart with $100 worth of groceries. 
Think about how much more you could have gotten in your cart five years ago versus how much you can get today. And why is that? Well, it's very simple. Your dollar is, is worth much less today than it was five years ago. And the same is always true. So with that being said, you have to think about that when you're going in and paying cash for a house, you're buying it in today's dollars. When I'm going in and doing a creative deal, I'm buying it with dollars for the next 30 years. And so I'm getting a better deal every single day that goes on. Now, the person selling me that deal doesn't understand that. They don't understand that basic concept right there. But if I can walk in the door and effectively tell somebody, hey, you want to sell your house for $100,000? I want to pay all cash $70,000. You give me 14 days, I'll figure out how to get you your price at 100 grand. Come back and say, here's the way we're going to do this. I'm going to give you, you know, $10,000 down. And then I'm going to give you 180 payments of $500. That's it. We good? And what they don't understand what just happened there and that one thing is they just, in almost every case, they're like, sure. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. I got my price. Cool. Yeah. All right. And it might be $20,000 now, whatever it is, but I'm just using round math. What they just agreed to in that one sentence was, I'm giving you $10,000 right now. And I'm going to give you the, the remaining balance, $90,000 over 180 payments at $500 each, which is the equivalent of 0% interest. Yeah. That's what you just did. Yeah. You just gave me a 15-year note at 0% interest, and you think you won. And so now I get to collect rent on that property at $750 a month, $800 a month, or put another person on the back end of it in a seller finance note on the other end, where I go up and now sell this $100,000 house for $140,000, have them put 10% down, go finance $126,000 for them at 8% interest. And I'm getting the yield all the way around. And I'm effectively, if you keep them, if you remember, all I did was put $10,000 down. The moment my seller puts 14 down, I'm in it for zero. In fact, I'm in it for negative four, negative four grand, and I'm getting an 8% yield for 18 months. That's how the rich get very rich. They understand the way money really works. And if you don't, then I can assure you, not only are you behind from wealth creation, but you're behind in when it comes to putting together, you know, creative deal structure, walking into a deal and it being black or white, either I can pay cash at this price or I can't, you are a dinosaur. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you believe that your dollar is going to be stronger tomorrow, you're definitely misguided right there. You can definitely just check it out on the U.S. national debt clock online and you can see how much. Yeah. The most, you know, I I would invite everybody to just go do, and you can go find these calculators online. Yeah. but But just go and do yourself a favor and understand the impact on your wealth of uninterrupted compounding interest. Passive, uninterrupted, compounding interest. What that actually does to your wealth. And when you can set up a 30-year note where somebody is paying, when you're getting, like the example I gave earlier, 18% return on your money for 30 years, you'll be shocked at what that actually turns into. Oh, yeah. It's a staggering, staggering number. So, Ken, are you getting a lot of these deals locked in at the 0% interest? Because you still need to... Uh, I mean, the interest rate, quite frankly, is completely irrelevant. Really? I mean, they, it does happen, but I don't even care because, yeah. fine, you want me to pay more in interest? Cool. Well, I'm just going to drag out the term, right? No problem. Um, yeah. 
I mean, because I understand the math so well, it doesn't really matter to me what you want to do. If you, all right, so you want me to pay you 5% interest. Cool. You win. Instead of it being 360 payments, we're going to do it at 400 payments and I'm going to win. Or the other direction, 360 to 320. When, you know, I'm constantly, if, you know, there's a great app to go, go download out there. It is, uh, let me see if I can bring it. It is called 10BII, which is a crazy name for an app, but it is, it's an old Texas instruments calculator, right? It's a financial calculator. Oh, uh, yeah. So a 10BII was what that calculator was called. But if you go look it up, it's red and white. It looks like this. Let me see if I can get it up here. That right there. Yeah. When you understand how to plug those four numbers across the top there, you become <laughs> unstoppable. You can put any deal together you ever want to be put together because you're talking at, at levels that very, very few people can ever even comprehend. I love it. So I actually just almost struggled with getting this deal locked in. So I haven't been able to do it yet. Right around the corner here in, in Old Town, we, we picked up a property and then the neighbor has been actually thinking about selling. They tried selling it a couple months ago. They didn't get the number that they wanted. It fell out of contract. They couldn't perform. So I liked your your presentation at Cole's. So I was like, let me see if I can get creative here and you know structure this a little bit better. And I did a balloon payment within three years, monthly payments and 10K down. And then they realized that they're just getting attached to the property. I offered them what they wanted for the property because they had investors come in the only value play is adding an ADU, but that takes time as, as we right. all know, right. which holding costs can add up. So, so long story short, how do you get over? I mean, that's probably just more sales strategies, right? To be able to get people out of that, you know, falling in love with their project or, or their property, right? Like that's their home. They wanted to move on to another place, but they have a family and they want something to come back to now. That's their excuse in case they don't like their other place. Well, there's a big difference between somebody that needs to sell and somebody that wants to sell. And that's the motivation reason. Level. Yeah, yeah, it's all about motivation. Yeah. There's a lot There's a lot of people that, especially in a market like this, there's a lot of people that suddenly they're seeing numbers that they haven't seen in years. And they, they you know, it, it's interesting. One of the most interesting comments, the easiest way I know to set somebody up in a really positive way where they're ready to receive the information yeah. is that, you know, ask them, hey, you know, when you sell this property, what are you going to do with the money? Yep. What are you going to go put it in? Yep. What are you going to, you know, how are you going to get a return on your investment? Because a lot of people, when they come into a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, they have no idea how to go, what they're going to do with that money. At all. <laughs> and when you figure out in the context of that question, when you figure out that they don't have a plan, there's your opportunity right there. Yeah, well, good. hey, you know what? I got a pretty cool place to invest in. How about we just put it right back into this property? Yeah. Let me talk to you about, you know, a deal that we can potentially put together. I'll put X amount down. We'll structure a deal on the 30-year AM. We'll create a five, 10-year balloon. Gives you time to think about it. But while it's happening, you're earning five, six, seven percent on your money, which you weren't going to do anyway. And I and by the way, this is all cash to you. By the way, if you sell the house to me all cash right now, you're going to have income tax challenges, right? And you just said you don't know what to do with the money. Well, let me solve both of those problems for you, right? When you recognize this particular type of a sell, it would be on an installment basis, right? So you don't have to pay taxes all at the same time, but you don't have any of the burden of the taxes, the insurance, the maintenance, nothing else. I take all that off you. So what I pay, if I'm paying you $10,000 a month, you're taking home $10,000, right? I, I, everything else is on me. And so there's, there's way you got to get them to open up to the idea of that. If that's not even really on their radar and, or they're not already trying to kind of in that headspace, sure. you know, they're kind of just kicking the tires, then it's, you know, it's, it's not impossible. It's just a little more challenging. 
Yeah. You really have to be like an artist here and really paint the picture for them so that they can see all their opportunities right in front of them. They're just uneducated. Yeah. And I don't mean that. I don't mean it in I mean, quite not frankly, a derogatory sense. Yeah, I'm just, not saying that derogatory. Quite frankly, yeah. you know, most people, yeah. 99 out of 100, have, don't even know what you're talking about when it comes to, to seller financing. But this has been around for hundreds of years. This is one of the oldest transactions out there. This is the way transactions are, are in a lot of places. This is like the, the way transactions are done, right? Yeah, yeah. And so this is, you know, this is, this is, there's a skill to it and there's an art to it. Understand getting really good at the math with that calculator and understanding the way things work, getting yourself educated, you know, is really, really important because if you can get it done, man, quite frankly, the next two years are going to be some of the biggest wealth creation you'll ever see because people that, you know, I'm on a mission to try to do a thousand of these notes in the next two years. And if I do that, to put it in perspective, based on all of our performance, it will create for me personally hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of wealth over the next oh yeah yeah and it's a staggering number if somebody's looking to not just create income and they're looking to create generational wealth you'd be really hard pressed to find something that that's better than this because again it all comes back to uninterrupted compounding passive interest this is that and this is um a really really interesting time to be able to get into it and be really effective at it that's so good so what do you think about the market currently and where we are really stepping into, you know, I, I know you don't have that crystal ball, but you, you've been around the block for, for a day or two. And, and I'm sure you have some predictions or, or maybe some assumptions of when potentially something could happen. And with everything, I, mean, I, kind I, of, think, I think in the market is probably going to run into some hiccups sometime in the next couple of years, you know, 12 to 24 months. Again, I don't have a crystal ball, so I, I can't yeah. tell you. I just know looking at statistical data, some of the smartest people in the world who look at the cycles are all, I'm just echoing exactly what the information says, right? Sure. That, and then, so I think that's, you know, that's around the corner. I think if you're a wholesaler, it's irrelevant, right? It's completely irrelevant because when the market slows down and people are struggling to get their homes sold and there's tons of distress in the market, the cash buyers will flood in right? It won't be 30% of the market. Then it'll be 50, 60% of the market. They will all come in. And when they do that, you know, that's a, that's a wholesaler's best friend. I mean, that's, that's amazing opportunity to align yourself with cash buyers and put that machine in place. That's just feeding them properties, right? If you're really good at marketing, you won't lose in any market up or down. If you're a mediocre marketer, then you're going to suffer. And if you're not marketing at all, hang it up, get out of the game because you're already done. You just don't know it. And then, you know, with that being said, the same is true of what we're talking about on the seller finance side. I mean, good market, bad market, certainly that has a lot more to do with the, the lending industry than anything else. It's kind of created an opportunity. That, sure. that opportunity exists regardless, but it cre- it's just creating a big vacuum, massive vacuum of opportunity. And so I think if you're smart, you are educating yourself right now on how to get into seller financing quickly. I think if you're a wholesaler, you are aligning yourself with cash buyers very, very quickly for all the reasons I pointed out earlier. I think if you are you know, in the business at all and in your treating like a business, you are sharpening your marketing skills because if you're good at this, I mean, on the retail side, if you're an agent, that's a different animal, right? It's a pretty sensitive area, up or down. You play in the spaces that we play in, up, down, sideways, doesn't really matter. There's always opportunity. That's good. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day with 
everything going more virtual right now? Are, are you guys pushing your education more? I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to help out more people, I assume. We never stop. I mean, yeah. we run these companies completely separately. So, you know, we're on a mission inside of the education industry. And we, you know, our philosophy is pretty straightforward and maybe rub some people wrong, but that's just what I believe that I had a mentor tell me a long time ago that Kent, if you don't get in here and tell people and show people what you're doing and how you're doing it, then they have no opportunity to learn from the best. And they're going to be learning from people that are mediocre at this. Yeah. Um, and I've never forgot those words. And so we're very, very diligent in trying to get our education and our software and our trainings and our, you know, our events and whatever in the hands of as many people as they possibly can, because I know the impact it creates. I know the ripple effect it creates with, as you pointed out earlier, families and extended families. And I know what that does. Right. Oh, yeah. and, and so, and I know if I don't do it, and I know if we don't push and keep it at the forefront, then quite frankly, they're going to learn from somebody that, you know, just isn't as good as we are and is not going to necessarily give them, give them what they need to be really, really successful. We're going to put them through some pain that's unnecessary. So yeah, we're pretty diligent about keep pushing. I love it. So how can people get a hold of you or the education content? Well, I mean, I'm easy to find. Social media, it's at Kent Clothier, K-E-N-T Clothier, right? And then um, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, happy to help anybody. If anybody wants to know, you know, on the um, seller finance side, I mean, we do, we're doing these virtual and live trainings on the regular. And it's uh, the name of that event is what's called, we, we call it the Real Wealth Initiative. So it's rwievent.com. Feel free to go there. And if it's something that suits you, cool, cool. If not, you know, no worries. And then on the wholesaling side, we have our find and flip challenges that come up once a month. And we just, we take people for five days and just kind of get down in the weeds with them one hour a day and show them exactly how to start a wholesaling business. So we're happy to help anywhere and everywhere we can on the education. And then, like you said earlier, REI Nation, if you want to just invest passively. Love it. I love it, Ken. Well, brother, I appreciate your time so much. You're uh, a great deal of knowledge. And I know all the listeners really soaked up a lot of this. So guys, if you're tuning into this, I know this is just a, a small like sneak peek here. Definitely want to reach out to Ken and jump into the content that he has. It's unbelievable. And, and just blessed to have him on here to be able to give the knowledge to you guys. But with that being said, make sure that you guys hit that subscribe button so you get the newest notification every single Monday for the new episode. And after you listen to a couple episodes, then do me a favor, leave a review, let us know how you guys feel about it. And if you guys need any credit repair done for you services, then reach out to us on creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're looking to get educated on credit and really be able to learn how to fix your own credit, build up credit six figures plus with personal and business, and learn how to leverage it into real estate investing like we have, then what you're going to want to do is check out creditcounselelite.com. But until next time, Kent, you're the man. I appreciate you, brother. You got it, brother. Take care. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.